this is Base Layer, brought to you by Arca. I'm your host, David Nage. This is Base Layer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. Welcome back to Base Layer. This is David, and this is your new episode with Pascal Gauthier, the CEO of Ledger. Ledger has been around for five years and has provided necessary infrastructure for digital assets, providing wallets that allow users to store their digital assets securely. Aside from talking about the history of Ledger and the evolution of wallets, we talk about the news of the day, and there is news. Ledger Vault has now worked with two financial institutions to provide Crime Insurance, a program to insure crypto assets for up to $150 million USD. And so there are about three or four different things that this uh, provides insurance against, uh, one of them being secure transmissions of the master seed fragments as part of the client onboarding, as well as a few other different things. And so we talked about insurance and its marriage now with digital assets and the importance. And we talked about an analogy that I've spoken about uh, publicly where I was talking to a family office and I asked them if they own a house and I asked them if they own fire insurance on that house and I asked them if they ever had a fire and they said no. Very similar in the same type of vein is that insurance is not necessarily because things have happened, but things, you know, to prevent from things happening in the future and to prevent loss. And I think this is really important for institutional development and for furthering institutional interest in this asset class. And so this is a great conversation with Pascal, who has a lot of experience in this asset class. We talk about Ledger. We talk about, as I said, the evolution of wallets and of self-custody and key management. And then we also talk about the news of the day. So remember, nothing on base layer is investment advice. So please do your own research. And on the flip side, you're going to hear a great conversation with Pascal Gauthier, the CEO of Ledger. Enjoy. This is David, and this is your new episode of Base Layer. I am so excited about this. We have the CEO of Ledger, Pascal Gauthier, with us today. Pascal, how are you today? I'm great, David. Thank you for having me. So this is a really important time for Ledger. There was some amazing news that got announced just a few hours ago, and I'm so happy to have you on here. I'm sure you guys are going nuts, and there's lots of people who are emailing you and calling you to find out more about this. So we're going to talk about, about that. But for those that are not familiar with Ledger, and as we know, the show has a listenership of family offices and institutional investors, I wanted to give them a little bit of a primer about Ledger and about your place in the overall ecosystem of digital assets. But before we do that, what we like to do on the show is give the listeners a little bit more about you, how you got into digital assets, how you got into the world of blockchains and crypto. So if you could, it, just amuse us a few minutes of your background, how you got into this, and how you are now the CEO of Ledger. Sure, David. Thank you. Um, so actually, it's quite... Uh, I, I come from uh, a technical background. I have always worked on the internet. When I say I come from a technical background, meaning that my first job was in a dot-com company, and I've always evolved in the technical world, although I'm not a developer myself. But I understand technology. Um, and the first part of my career, I did it in um, online advertising. I worked at different companies like Doyou, Kelku, Yahoo, and then I helped build Criteo as chief operating officer. And that was a big, big success that led to an, an IPO at the Nasdaq for two to three billion dollars at the time, depending on the, on the current day valuation. Um, so that was a great success. 
created liquidity. Uh, and then, you know, suddenly in 2013, I was out there uh, without a job because I decided to leave Credio. Um, and I was wondering what to do next. Um, and I looked at many things. Uh, I joined Index, Venture, Index Ventures as an entrepreneur in residence. And I was looking at the diff different things in the market that was happening. And everything to me uh, on the internet side looked very challenging. A lot of competition, uh, the GAFAs on one side, you know, the Chinese on the other. What could you build that would be amazing and great, especially starting from France? Um, and then I was exposed to Bitcoin. Uh, and for me, it was the Eureka moment where, you know, there were new protocols. Uh, so outside of the internet, new protocols where I thought that the next GAFAs uh, would be built. So I decided to take all my time, a lot of money and enter the space, which I did, uh, doing different things, uh, building my own company, investing in Ledger at the time. I was the first investor, uh, being a board member at Ledger from the beginning. Uh, and me and many other good things, but uh, decided to really invest the next 10 to 15 years of my life into this space. Right. And so for those, again, majority of people who are in crypto obviously know Ledger and they know about a nano. And if they don't, then I hope to God that they learn about it today uh, because they should be obviously keeping their assets uh, in a wallet. So Ledger is a hardware wallet. Uh, it's known for that. But there are other things that you guys have ventured into lately. So for the listeners who might not necessarily be as versed, and again, we want to make sure that everyone is on the same level playing field and that this is educational. Give the listeners just a brief primer about what Ledger is and what role it plays in the overall ecosystem of Bitcoin and other digital assets? Sure. Um, you know, Ledger, in a nutshell, is a security company. Um, we have started our journey with the Ledger Nano and the Nano S, and recently the Nano X, our new product. And it's about security for cryptocurrencies, and it's about protecting the private keys. But the, the underlying technology that Ledger uses is you know, hardware and software. We come from the chip and pin industry, actually. This is where uh, our engineers uh, have done their class before. And that chip and pin and secure hardware industry uh, has been in play for the past 25 years. And what we're doing at Ledger is we're taking this security that is best in class and we are adapting it for this new crypto world. Before, it was just Bitcoin, but Bitcoin created something that goes beyond Bitcoin now, which is something that we call critical digital assets, meaning there is a new class of digital assets that now can be stolen. Uh, and that they are so critical that you absolutely have to protect them, which is very different from, a, from an MP3, for example. Uh, and so at Ledger, our vision is that there are those critical digital assets that are being formed today. And our mission is to protect them and to make sure that our users can uh, actually use them with ease. Uh, and so users then become consumers on one side, which is what we do with the Nano S. Enterprise, uh, that's what we do with Ledger Vault, which is our enterprise product. So basically, it's a nano S on steroids for hedge fund banks and, uh, and anyone that needs uh, you know, uh, access to a bunch of crypto and multiple people. So we handle security and governance. And finally, we have the last business unit that is called Ledger Origin, which is security for industries and machines. Right. Uh, but basically, what Ledger does is to solve that fundamental issue for critical digital assets, which is to protect the private key. And maybe one more minute on this, you know, bit, we started with Bitcoin, but we've seen in, in 2019 that there's been a big shift into what is a critical digital asset. Bitcoin was probably first followed by every other crypto, but now you have projects like Libra or Gram. Uh, you have uh, maybe a crypto 
currencies coming from central banks and governments. You have security tokens. You can see that actually the promise of tokenization of many industries is actually happening right now. Uh, and everything is using sort of blockchain and different blockchain, whether it's public or private, as a technological backbone. But all these businesses have the same fundamental issue right now, which is to protect the private key and organize the governance. And so this right. is why Ledger has a role to play, because this is what we do. We're about security and we're about governance. So Ledger just recently celebrated their five-year anniversary. So congratulations. Um, and thank you for the Ledger Nano with the moon on it. That was really, really cool. I appreciate that. So for five years, and as we have spoken to people like Zaki Manian from Cosmos, every year in digital assets is about 10 years in human life, normal human life. So I'm going to give you guys 50 years of experience thus far. What have you seen in terms of the evolution of kind of wallets and storage? You know, you, as you said, you know, you've been at this for a little while. You know, where do you think, you know, in terms if you could kind of look at the, the early days to now, how has it evolved? And if you could maybe, you know, with your crystal ball and what you know from the, the development and the roadmaps that you have there at Ledger, What's the future? So let's talk about the evolution. So from the early days to now, how has it evolved? And where do you think it's going to go eventually? So I think one word is diversification. I think from Bitcoin only to now, there's been a diversification of projects. Uh, and we at Ledger, because we're an exhaustive technology uh, and we provide technology for the whole of the ecosystem, we have to adapt the technology for sort of everyone that needs endpoint security. And so we're well positioned to tell you guys that there are so many projects going on right now uh, that it's, uh, that's, that's what's crazy to me. If it was Bitcoin only, uh, yeah, it would be a very different market, but, uh, but we've seen it with the evolution from the Nano S to the Nano X. The Nano S was uh, designed to support you know, three, four, five, seven cryptocurrencies max. Um, but we had to evolve to the Nano X that now supports like hundreds of cryptocurrencies uh, in one go. So actually, the technology supports thousands of cryptocurrencies, but the number of uh, applications that you can have on your Nano S at any given time is anything between three and seven, and the number of applications that you can have on your Nano X is up to 100. But this is a testimony that the number of uh, crypto projects has been just exploding, and many crypto projects are actually quite serious. In the industry, there is uh, you know, discussions whether you know, Bitcoin is it and everything else is shitcoin. And, you know, we're not here to do politics, but what we know is there are many communities that are asking for security support, and that's what we're providing, and those communities are booming everywhere in the world, whether it's because there are global projects or sometimes there are local projects, such as Clayton in Korea right now, uh, designed by uh, Kakao. And so, you know, what's, what has changed is the multiplication of projects. And also the variety of projects, because from cryptocurrencies, we've went to whatever Libra and Grams are. We went to stable coins from, you know, from governments uh, and central banks. That is the new thing, you know, coming up right now. Right. Uh, security tokens, uh, tokenization of uh, energy. Uh, I mean, there are so many projects uh, that are using blockchain as a technological backbone. And, you know, that's crazy. So basically... Right. What we've said in 2008, uh, I think 2019 has been a pivotal year because what was said in 2008 is that we will tokenize the financial industry. And I think you know, everyone thought that you know, Bitcoin will replace everything. 
what's happening in 2019 is the, the whole financial industry is being tokenized, but with many, many different projects that are all competing for a place under the sun. And that's what's really exciting right now. So I'm sure as someone who's on the front lines and talks to institutions and talks to other family offices and other investors, I know you have a great team there. And, you know, someone like myself who has been doing that for a while too, the idea of self-custody, of being your own bank, of having a ledger and obviously custodying, I know we use the word custody, I know it's a wallet, but, you know, effectively you are custodying your own assets that way is a little alien to people or it feels a little alien to people who have just been used to going to a qualified custodian if they're a large institution or if they are their own investor, maybe they have other means to uh, diversify that risk away of ownership of the of the assets you know, personally. How do you think, you know, in terms of the evolution of Ledger, and obviously as someone who has one, I've seen how easy it is now, do you think it's going to get easier? Is that the idea to make it easier? And in terms of things that have happened, like in Bitcoin, where two or three million Bitcoin have been lost because of key loss, do you think that there are things in the future that you're looking at to help the more novice investor, the one that might not necessarily feel comfortable with a 24 word, you know, kind of seed? Is there anything in the horizon that you think uh, that Ledger is working on right now that might make it easier for those folks to get into this, feel comfortable with, you know, self-custody and key management? That's a big question. Uh, so I think a few things can be said. Um, 2008, 2019, I mean, the technology is still very young. And if you do a parallel with the internet, on the same, same time scale, I mean, you know, internet has been hard to use for a long time before it became actually, you know, a seamless user experience. That's um, right. Same with computers, actually. Uh, I remember when I was, even when I was 20 years younger, computers were hard to use and they're super easy and more intuitive now. So, you know, from technology being created and to the point that technology is easy to use, it takes, it can take, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. It takes, that's right. It takes a long time. And so I think that's what's happening to crypto. And I think that at the beginning, crypto has chosen, and a lot of people have chosen, you know, an easy path to access crypto, which is to use centralized value propositions, such as exchanges or, you know, centralized wallets like Coinbase, uh, which have great UX, uh, UI, and makes it very easy to use for, for consumers, but it's completely sort of missing the point of crypto. You know, you, you want to use a decentralized system to then hand your coin to a centralized value proposition, which basically takes away most of what's interesting with crypto for you. Mm -hmm. um, apart from, of course, uh, you know, looking at the price every day and, you know, trying to make money with it. But, uh, um, but I think it's normal that it went that way because, you know, you, you, you users want something that is easy to use. They're not all uh, geeky engineers that can, uh, you know, sort of hardcore everything on Linux. Um, and so typically we came in uh, late in the market. I mean, you know, Ledger was created at the beginning of 2015. And the technology that we're actually developing right now is next generation technology for the industry. But some of our products like the Nano X uh, or Ledger Vault were only launched in 2018, late 2018, actually. Uh, and the Nano X was launched in 2019. So in terms of the technology that makes it easier to use in the future of consumers, um, you know, it's just now that it's happening. So you know, we need like a few more years to be excellent. I think we're good today, but we need to become excellent. Right. So what's, go what's going to happen is 
decentralized finance is something that is very interesting uh, because, again, most of the middlemen will be removed from the market. So middlemen, you know, uh, it's not the promise of decentralization. Uh, middlemen that take a lot of fees in the middle. So decentralized finance is happening, but decentralized finance to happen needs a lot of development, which is currently happening with many projects, and needs endpoint security. There is no way that you can do anything that is decentralized finance without endpoint security. And this is where we come in play. And so we are following this trend with... Uh, with a keen eye, and we are working with everyone in the industry to make sure that the endpoint security is uh, is dealt with, and that there is uh, no loss of uh, of private keys and coins. Uh, but I think uh, what's going to be exciting next year, and in the years to come, is to see how this decentralized world is going to happen, and we can build a real decentralized value proposition with a UX and UI that is as good as centralized value proposition. But, I think I think it's awesome. That being said, the twenty-four word password will so, is something that exists. So if you want to have gold, you need to worry about your security. So users will always have to worry about the twenty-four word password if right. they want to hold their coin. And they might, they might you, you might have technologies in the future that makes it uh, easier to use your crypto without always having to access the twenty-four word password. But it is like gravity, and you probably will need it for 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 a long time. I think it's also worth noting, um, obviously, I'm not expecting you to uh, talk about unit dynamics, but based off of some searching, you know, about a year ago, it was uh, shown off of a site that about 1.3 million uh, units were sold via uh, Ledger over the last few years. And so for folks that are listening to this, you know, there are lots of people who are using these applications on a daily basis to store their digital assets. And so, you know, I think it's a testament to the, you know, obviously to the team and to the amount of time that you have spent to make these products easier to use. Um, so for people who are maybe less kind of technocrats have the ability to actually store their digital assets in a unique and safe way. Um, and so I want to talk about the news of the day. And so the news of the day is that you all have obtained a crime insurance policy covering digital assets secured by the Ledger Vault pro, uh, platform. So uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, and so it looks like you worked with some leading brokers and our risk advisor, Marsh, um, and an underwriter of crypto asset insurance, Arc uh, Insurance. Uh, UK limited uh, company to develop the custom program uh, on behest of vault clients. So talk to us, you know, give us uh, some insight. What have you done? What is what is this news uh, that you have done in terms of uh, crime insurance policy? And let's talk about why you did it. Sure. I will give you a very simplistic view on what we've done, because for me, uh, before we did our insurance, I never really understood what anyone was doing with insurance in the space. It seemed like, oh, way too complex for a simple mind like mine. <laughs> and so when we tried to figure out the insurance problem, I tried to go back to sort of simple things. Um, uh, institutional, so first of all, this is for institution, institution, institutional investors, sorry. Um, Institutional investors need security, and then they need the guarantee that security actually works. Um, and so there are many ways that you can uh, uh, guarantee that, uh, well, actually, you can never guarantee, but you can sort of prove that the security works. Um, so first of all, you can have uh, you know, an open source uh, technology like ours so your clients can verify that it actually 
you know, does what it does. You can also go through certification programs of the technology, which is what you know, Ledger is currently doing. So you know, third parties, uh, attack labs can actually certify that your technology is working the way it works. Uh, and you can also go through the path of insurance. Uh, because when you want to have a crime insurance on uh, on a product such as Ledger Vault, actually you're sitting down with a lot of smart people that have engineers uh, and that are basically checking that what you say in terms of security is true and if they believe it's true and they do, you know, trust me, they, they look hard at the problem, uh, then they can give you an insurance. Because the game of insurance companies is not to, you know, insure something that they know is going to be hacked. Uh, the game of insurance companies is to find sure things like Ledger uh, then they can give insurance to it. So basically, the insurance program is one to give peace of mind to our clients to say, hey, you know, if anything happens anyway, you're covered, or anything happens within the, the crime insurance, you would be covered. But also, it's a testimony that insurance companies have done their work and deem uh, ledger uh, worth of having an insurance, meaning that we are actually as secure as we say we are. Right. And the interesting thing in the program is that it's not just for the ledger side that we're getting the insurance, but it's actually a, a, a play in, uh, in two parts where the Vault clients can also get insurance very easily on their side to cover, uh, to cover their risk on their side. Huh? Because the insurance that we disclose now is to cover ledger risk. So in case of something happened at ledger, you're covered by the ledger insurance. But equally on your side, there are certain things that you could do where that could, that could lead to loss of funds typically and so then you can also get insurance for that but our clients can piggyback on our insurance and get insurance directly themselves which is very new because as you know it's very hard to get insurance in the uh, in this uh, in this token space or in this uh, uh, bitcoin space and so what's new is actually our clients can get their own insurance and at a price that is fairly interesting right so let's talk a little bit i want to give the listeners some real specifics here so the Ledger Vault platform has the customized crime insurance program insuring crypto assets for up to $150 million USD. And it uh, the subject policy and conditions include against third-party theft of the master seed and private keys following a physical breach of a hardware security module in a secure data center, secure right. transmissions of the master seed fragments as part of the client onboarding, and inside ledger employee theft caused by collusion. Um, and so the one that I'm curious about is the secure transmission of the master seed fragments as part of the client onboarding. Have you seen that happen a few times? Has, has that been something that clients have mentioned to you? And that's been, which one of those three, I'm thinking that the secure transmission of the master seed fragments as part of the client onboarding is that probably the leading source of a lot of the issues that you know people that are coming into the system have? No, but you know, again, trying to be very simplistic about you know uh, the, the way that I describe the uh, the insurance product that we have, mm -hmm. uh, it's not because we list those issues and those issues are covered that actually there have been issues in the past uh, because they have not to be right. be frank. Correct. Uh, it's just that sometimes. It's, perceived issues of what could happen in the future. And so you get you try to get future coverage, what could happen. Uh, but honestly, all these issues are very unlikely to happen. Uh, so, but insurance is, uh, is a product that covers that. Like in the unlikeliness that something like that happened, then you have insurance coverage. Uh, and so this is, again, to give peace of mind to the clients that, you know, on these three items that you just list, in the unlikeliness that they happen, they are still covered. So, you know, uh, 
by the way, the technology, uh, this is covered by insurance because actually the technology makes it very hard for all these events to happen. Typically, physical breach of a hardware security module in one of our data centers, that is very, very hard. Um, it's a uh, it's, uh, sort of Star Wars type of attack. Uh, mm-hmm. so you have to get into the data centers, you have to get the HSM and somehow ha- be able to, and HSM is a hardware security model, so somehow bypass the hardware security then to access the private keys and be able to extract the private keys. I can tell you that my team is working very hard so that even if you get your hands on the HSM, you won't be able to access the private keys. So right. this is a very, very unlikely event. But insurance is here to cover very, very unlikely events. Yep. I, uh, I had an interesting conversation with the family office this past week, and I asked him if he owns a house or if he does. And I said, on that house, do you have fire insurance? And he said, yes, of course I do. And I said, well, how many fires have you had? And he said, none. And then he understood. You know, obviously, you know, the reason and the rationale that a lot of us in the ecosystem talk about the the acquisition or the allocation of, of assets to digital assets is for that kind of insurance against potential global calamity. But you're also rightly saying that, you know, you, you purchase insurance or you have insurance, not because something is about to happen. It's because you want to make sure, you know, for future events that nothing can happen. Um, and that if anything does, you know, for, you know, you know, happen that you're covered. So I think that's, uh, I think that's correct. And so there was an interesting, um, quote from one of the vice presidents at Arch, who was part of this deal. We spent over six months working with Ledger Vault team to develop a customized offering for their clients. Ledger took the time to educate us on every detail of the end-to-end security and governance that the Vault platform provides. Six months and a lot of time to educate um, can you talk a little bit more about that? You know, what, you know, when they, when they started talking with you all, did they have a body of information about digital assets? Did they know things? Um, or was it something that was much more kind of very cold to them? They didn't know much. They had a little bit of a predisposition to, you know, digital assets. Tell us a little bit about that because I find that quite interesting from an institutional standpoint, you know, for insurance companies or for other institutions, you know, this education uh, time. You know, talk to us about how that process, what that process looked like in terms of educating them. Sure. Well, first of all, insurance companies have very, very smart people. I mean, they typically know what they're doing. It's a, it's a, it's a risk business, and so therefore you only take risk that you can measure and that you understand. Um, and so I feel that, you know, for anything that is new to insure, uh, taking the time to, you know, understand what you're, trying to, what you're trying to insure is part of the job. Um, and uh, and I think that what they're quoting is uh, is uh, is important because um, uh, look the the industry has been the, the security uh, in this industry is called today cold storage. So people say that if your uh, crypto or some somehow or the private keys are somewhere accessible online, then you're not secure which is actually a big problem because then every time you need to do a transaction, you need to go into the state for another state of your crypto, which is hot wallet, but certainly you're not secure anymore and you're at risk to lose your crypto, which is, uh, which is, which is terrible. And actually to go from cold or I heard the word frozen to then suddenly hot, this is a big issue. Like, you know, let's say that because you're frozen, you're absolutely secure. Okay, fine. But as soon as you need to do a transaction, you sort of need to do something to go from frozen to cold and then, cold to hot, and this is where you need to have an internal process. This is where people start to touch things. So 
So it doesn't feel to me that it's real technology. It's just uh, so basically a hack to to protect some of the private keys sometime, but not all the time. Um, so at Ledger, we 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 don't believe this is technology. We believe that what we're doing is technology, meaning that we're uh, the solution. Actually, if you read the press release, is is always online. Ledger is always online. So actually, you can have an HSM that is always online, and it's fine. Like you know, nobody's gonna steal your private keys because that's what the technology does. Uh, that's why the hardware technology is so good because you don't need to disconnect the computer from the internet not to have your private keys stolen. And so therefore, you know, the same HSM can hold the private keys when they're cold or not being used, but also can make a transaction and, uh, and turn the cryptocurrency into something hot. Uh, and I think that uh, the education is about this, is to go away from this uh, old you know, cold storage versus hot wallet type of dilemma into the new technology for the business, which is the technology that Ledger is taking to market, which is, again, not a Ledger invention. It is the technology that has been used by the banking and financial industry for the past 20 to 25 years. And we just adapted that technology that works really well and that proved itself in the past to this new world. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It is an evolutionary process. And I think you said something also uh, towards the middle of our, our discussion about what I call time scales, you know, our expectations. And we need to manage our expectations in terms of usability, in terms of UI and UX. And so I agree with that completely. Um, as we like to do on the show, as we're rounding off uh, last few minutes here, we'd like to get to know our guests a little bit more on a personal level. Um, not asking for any kind of political ideologies or anything like that, but we want to know there are two things that we typically put into our brains on a daily basis. Hopefully you get some time. I know you're quite a busy person these days running Ledger, but if there's any time that you get to read, if there's anything that you've read recently, um, whether crypto or non-crypto related, uh, it could be a book, it could be a blog, it could be anything, but anything that you've read recently that really resonated with you, um, and any music that you listen to. And I think this also tells a lot about a person's personality. Um, and so if you can share with us anything that you've read recently that resonated in any music that you listen to, that would be amazing. Oh, man, no, of course. Uh, so these are, this is a very personal question, and, and also I'm glad that I'm reading a book right now because, you know... <laughs> I'd be horrified to say, no, actually, I'm not reading anything. Um, so, no, the book that I've read recently is amazing. It's Shoe Dog from Phil Knight, the CEO of uh, Nike. Uh, it's an amazing book because it's super easy to read. And I don't know, like, he, he writes his story as a novel. Uh, and he writes his story more on the emotional side of building his company. Um, and, uh, I haven't finished the book yet, but actually it is, I found it extremely inspiring in terms of, you know, how do you build a great business and the passion that you have to build a business and how difficult it is to build a business. And, uh, and the Nike story is a fascinating story. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and I thought shoe dog, the book is, uh, I don't, interestingly enough, so it's called shoe dog in, in English, which is native language. So it's called shoe dog, but mm -hmm. in French, in French, we translated it, uh, for some reason, because Shoe Dog doesn't translate in French, um, we translate it by the art of victory. Huh. Uh, so, uh, so I was persuaded that his book was called The Art of Victory in English, and so I was Googling that, and I kept finding Shoe Dog, and I thought it was a different book, but actually um, Shoe Dog is uh, what he refers to in his book many times, like those people that are passionate about shoes. Um, so I 
thought that it maybe it makes us crypto dogs. Uh, so <laughs> I really like the book. Okay. And then music. Man, and then music. You're, 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 you're in France and you've got, you've got a good selection there. So there's got to be something good. Yeah, but really, uh, recently I've discovered like a new, so I'm, you know, I'm not like music typical fan, etc. but I really do like rock music. And apparently I'm the last one on earth to like rock music hmm. because it's a category that is quickly disappearing. But uh, yeah. recently I thought they discovered a new band, but then someone told me that they've been out there already for 10 years. So, <laughs> but it's the Black Keys. I really like oh, it. Yeah. Fantastic group. Fantastic group. And you know what? It, it doesn't matter if they've been around for 10 years. Most of the people that we actually finally get to listen to on Spotify or or that we get to hear on the radio have obviously been working for many, many years before that, that time. So they don't just immediately get to be on the radio or they get to be on Spotify. So it, it is uh, they are a great group. The last thing that we like to do on the show is to give guests an opportunity for the listeners to find out more about uh, your, you or your company. So if there's any place that people can learn more about Ledger and get involved, uh, feel free to let them know. Yeah, ledger.com. And if anyone needs anything, pascal at ledger.com. It's easy. P-A-S-C-A-L at ledger.com. People can shoot me an email and I'll try to respond. Amazing. So this was Pascal Gautier, the CEO of Ledger. Uh, we had a great conversation today about Ledger and also the news of the day uh, as it regards to uh, insurance, something that has been happening more and more in digital assets as, they, as the overall ecosystem matures. Pascal, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we'll have you back on in a few months to talk more about Ledger. Take care. Anytime, David. Thank you. For more notes from this past episode about our guest, please go to www.ar.ca slash base layer. Nothing stated on this podcast should be taken as investment advice, which would require a thorough assessment of each investor's personal financial profile and risk tolerance. Statements regarding past performance are not necessarily indicative of future returns. If you like what you're listening to on base layer, let us know. Subscribe, give us a like, or hit us up on Twitter, Arca at Arca, or myself, David Nage at DavidJN79. Let us know, and we'd love to obviously hear from you. For additional resources to help sophisticated listeners like yourself learn about the digital asset space and the financial terms you understand, please visit www.ar.ca for articles, marketing commentary, videos, and more.